0: And while we have a through line that states mm-hmm. authorial intent means dick. Right. I don't wanna have to have the same haircut you have, dad.
1: Sorry, forgive me. Harriet motherfucking tub
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll be crawling to something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: you know. JK and, and like something else. Uh, uh.
0: Damn it. Uh. So it. was it was this before or after the poster and you vomiting all over the couch? <laughs>
1: For those of you that can't see, Ed's eyes just crossed.
0: That is fucked up. (laughs) But it's not wrong.
2: This
1: is a geek history of time
0: where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history and English teacher at the middle school level here in Northern California. And uh, my big personal news is uh, I am triumphantly back after uh, fighting off the plague fiends of Nurgle uh, last week. Uh, I don't know. uh, Yeah, no, I, 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 I tested positive for COVID uh, on mother's day. I'm going to date this a little bit, just, you know, because it's, it's relevant. Um, and, uh, I, I am recovered. I wound I had to spend five days isolated from my wife and my son, which sucked. Uh, but thanks to the miracle of modern vaccines, I only had to isolate for five days. Uh, and so, um, I I have been telling my students for the last two days, uh, since I went back to work, that uh, COVID actually took two of my senses. Uh, It normally takes away your sense of smell and it, and it took mine. And uh, in my case, it also took away my sense of humor. So sit down, follow my instructions, and I have no patience for any of your foolishness. And so uh, my, my wife, after I told my wife that she said, except that you're telling them a joke as you say that.
1: It's not a funny one, so yeah, I think you're yeah right. I,
0: one, it's not a funny one. and 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 I said to her, well, you know, see, when I tell you that, it's a joke. When I tell them that, it's an imperative. Is it? Is it really a joke? No, I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. So, so that's me. Who are you and what do you got going on?
1: Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a Latin and drama and soon to be history teacher over here in Northern California. Uh, I kept your secret. I didn't uh, have your permission to say it to anybody. So as far as everyone else knew, you were on assignment,
0: okay? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I was on assignment. Degrees.
0: You were, I was uh, on assignment to my my pillow. Yes, trying trying to sleep it away.
1: Yep. So, yeah. uh, but uh, what I heard from your story is that the
0: vaccine didn't work because you got COVID. You, fuck <laughs> you. No, okay. In in all in all seriousness, because there are people who are going to take the story that way. Yeah, but not our listeners. I, not, actually, not not our not our they listeners. can think. They, they're they're actual, yeah, critical thinkers. Um except um, you.
1: You know exactly yeah, that's right. You you, you know you, who you yes, are, you know who you are, and you know what you did.
2: That's right.
0: Um, but uh but yeah, I i am a hundred percent convinced that uh if I had not been fully vaccinated, if I had not been uh boosted, mm-hmm. um the miserable head cold that I had, and it really was genuinely the worst head cold I've had in in Years. memories yeah yeah um it, it was it was no walk in the park i i did i i was miserable um uh, but it would have been so much worse so much worse uh yeah, it without all of that so yeah <laughs> could, yeah potentially yes so so yeah uh but anyway thank you okay. for for you know uh you know being uh, the foil keeping, to yeah. what is
1: actually real
0: yeah no problem but so. uh but what what else have you had going on
1: We hit a milestone in my house today. Um, I actually had the special treat of uh, getting to normally on recording days. I don't have my kids. It's one of the reasons why we have recording days. Yeah. Uh, The the blessed joys of being a divorced parent. Um, But today, uh, through a series of happy events, well, not happy events, actually, a series of rather uh, emergent crises events, I was able to and tended to my children, uh, who are both totally fine. Um, in fact, today was my son's first dance. Oh, he's a sixth grader, you see. Oh, wow. And so yeah. they had a dance. Now, I will tell you, he's the only child there who had a mask on. So super spreader 2021. Oh, um, well, yeah. And, and by the way, uh, schools all over my area have been having their proms and their senior balls. And then afterward, they're like, we don't know what happened, but so many people have COVID. Um, and it's and they you, didn't even take the commonsensical step of only our school can come to this dance. They didn't even do
0: that, so it just wait, is ripping wait, like wildfire. Wait, like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. I'm, yep. No, hold on. Sorry. Okay, sorry, okay. sorry, sure, sorry, sorry. sure. They didn't even say this is central city high school to make up a name right you know yeah, this is the central city high school's prom only yeah. central no city midtown kids students, no That's no right. midtown kids no north end kids right they just like no everybody come on down
1: yeah 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 we got we got guest passes it's good so you are
0: fucking kidding like no why is why would you the phrase, why, that, why comes you? My, the phrase that comes out of my mouth is yeah. you are fucking kidding me but yeah. i know you're not
1: no yeah why would you why would you need that um when you've already lifted the mask mandate you see yeah yeah and it's weird and then another note came came home to our teachers saying like or in our our family saying we really strongly encourage you to wear masks numbers are going up and it's like you could have just had a good policy that would have been a thing but anyway back to the task at hand my son wanted to go to the dance i said no problem and then i asked him do you know how to dance? I said, oh yeah, I can dance. I said, do you know how to slow dance? No. Do you want to know how to slow dance? Meaningful question. Uh, Yes. Important. Yes. I said, okay. So here's the deal. You might ask somebody if they want to dance. The way that you do that is, hi, would you like to dance? And if they say yes, this is how we dance. And I had him put his hands on my hips and my hands on his shoulders. So he's dancing with his giant fat dad with his beanpole ass self. And he's like embarrassed, but like taking in the steps and the fact mm-hmm. that we're just doing the standard turn in a slow circle. Um, and then I said, now sometimes they will not be comfortable with you putting your hands on their hips. So sometimes you will put your hands on their shoulders. And I said, put your hands on my shoulders. And so we did that. I said, now, You might ask somebody if they want to dance and they might say no. And you say, okay, thank you. Now, if somebody comes up to you and asks if you want to dance and you don't want to dance with them, you say, oh, no, thank you. I'm having a good time on my own right now. Okay. And you just stay polite. And if you get to slow dance with someone, this is how it's done. So I... Dropped him off, and uh, I I'm a big believer of you know I love hugging my kids, but like I asked him I'm like yo if you don't want to hug me you know before you go uh, before I go it's totally fine. Um, he gave me a big ass hug right before I took off dropping him off at the dance, and I came and picked him up an hour and a half later. Uh, I even asked him I said do you want to stay the whole time or do you want to come home? He's like oh, I might want to come home early. I'm like well you live nearby so just walk home it's fine. Uh, but if I don't see you before six I'll come get you so i went and got him uh found him he was having a good old time uh they were dancing to i don't remember what song it was something hip-hop and fun
2: okay. and
1: uh and then i, I as hey, we gotta go like, okay cool so say goodbye to whoever you need to he went and said goodbye to a teacher uh and then <laughs> uh he came back but he gave me a big old hug before before he left and i asked him am like how'd you do and he's like i had such a good time by myself and i was like good for you so my son 12 years old has attended his first dance on the way over. He asked me "Dad, do you remember your first dance? And I lied. I said, yes, I do. Now I remember being around his age, going to dances, but I don't remember okay. the actual first one. Um, I said, yes, I do. He's like, were you nervous before? I said, Oh, absolutely, buddy. That's a normal thing. I was like, but what's making you nervous? And he's like, I've just never been in my school at this time of day. I'm like, totally fair, man. Okay. So, that it works. was it was great. The dance was held outside. That's good. I was very glad of that. Uh, yeah. it was advertised as being inside, and but he kept his mask on the whole time. I gave him a, a twenty spot in case he wanted refreshments. Uh, he gave me twenty dollars back. He did not want <laughs> refreshments. So okay, was, all right, cool. Oh, so it was it was a wonderful wonderful uh, moment. I, I called my mom. I told her. I sent her the picture of mm-hmm. him being ready for the dance, and I asked him. You going to wear that to the dance or you want to dress up? And he's like, "Oh, I'm happy with this." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Just t-shirt and, you know, cargos." Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so my son had his first dance. Nice. Yeah.
0: Very so, cool. Yeah. A plus dading. All of Thank that. You. Very good. Very Thank well you. done. So,
1: uh, I don't have anything prepared. Uh, I hope you do.
0: Yeah, I do. Oh, good. Do. good. So, um, how? Uh, let's see. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I have, I have, I have a, a whole shit ton of notes here. Okay. Uh, but I don't really have a good, like, entry question. But okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. I suppose I'm going to start. Sure. Um, by asking what
1: You go with the pinky first. And then nice. if you're feeling brave, you work your way over to the middle of the hand.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um next question. Yeah. Next question. So <laughs> what what uh when, when you're when you're playing DD? This will oh, be this will be my entry. Okay. This will be my entry point. When sure. you're when you're playing D D, mm-hmm. is there a particular uh heritage? I'm gonna use the Pathfinder term. Okay. Uh the second edition Pathfinder term. Is there a particular heritage? that you have as a favorite
1: are those races like, yeah okay. human
0: human elf half dwarf. well mechanically half-elf.
1: the variant human is is quite attractive to me but yeah i have a soft spot in my heart i rarely play gnomes but i have a soft okay. spot in my heart for gnomes okay um they're too whimsical for the the trials and tribulations of D d usually okay unless i'm playing some sort of like kind of naive to the world like the one that the party needs to protect.
0: Okay. Yeah. Then I'll play a, a yeah a, a, the a Man. cinnamon cinnamon roll too good yeah, for the yeah. world. Yeah.
1: Um, I'd like a half elf if I'm playing a bard. Well, yeah. Because then it's I like mean, it's easier. It's like what three skills don't I want? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of fun. <clears throat> um, but as far as races go, I got a soft spot in my heart for half works. Okay. And, and I really, and I, I've never really played one and I love playing halflings. Okay. So long way around the block, halflings. I love playing, uh, half orcs. I think I like the most half orcs okay. and gnomes. I probably like the most. Okay. Yeah.
0: So now based on what you just said, mm-hmm. part of your enjoyment of those groups, Mm-hmm. Because you said when you said gnomes, you yes. mentioned you know gnome, gnomes are too whimsical for you know day to day, and and you and you feel like you have to have a certain kind of archetype character archetype that you're playing. Mm-hmm. So there's a like like in your head there's a gnomish archetype, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you and... remember like the the leprechaun from the Twilight Zone in the 1980s? Vaguely, the yeah. one who granted their wishes and one wished he had X-ray vision and he got headaches from it. One.
2: Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah, they
1: wanted a hot car, and it turns out it was stolen. And then the, yeah, the other yeah, one, yeah. You know, I want my parents to do exactly as I say, but like that meant like now turn the pizza over, now put it in the oven, now close the door. You know mm-hmm. that that guy, yeah. That's that's the archetype for me. For okay, gnomes. yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. So so all of these all of these backgrounds, all mm-hmm. of these groups have archetypes that are associated with them. They're they're all they're all built out of tropes
1: right sure yeah i was a lilliputian basically
0: yeah and and like we we had a whole couple of episodes that we talked about orcs Mm -hmm. and the and the development of orc tropes Mm -hmm. right and and how how that that race you know how the depiction of that of that race changed
1: yeah it was anti-german propaganda then it became anti-hungarian propaganda then Anti orient propaganda.
0: Yeah, then, then, you know, throw a little, throw a little yellow peril in there. Right. Uh, And then Native Americans. And then, and then, and then then they wound up being noble savages. And like, okay, we've gone to a stereotype, but now it's a positive stereotype, Mm -hmm. but it's still dehumanizing. And can't we do better? Yeah. And then we also segued in there into talking about how, you know, the, the dimorphism in modern depictions of male orcs versus female orcs is really quite something to see, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what I'm going to talk about tonight um, is, is similar to that, but, the, but the, the arc is very different, and the rabbit holes it took me down
2: Ooh.
0: are very different. So we're going to talk about dwarves. Oh, well, this will we're be gonna, fun. We're gonna talk about the dwarf archetype. And okay, now the whole reason that we're talking about the dwarf archetype mm-hmm. is what, what caught my attention and, and made me think of you know, hey, maybe I could do an episode on that is um it was very, very exciting for Warhammer 40k fans. And and I know there's like three of our listeners who are like, ooh, ooh, I know what you're gonna talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, on April Warhammer 1st, 120k, yeah, nice, yeah. <laughs> on on April first, uh, oh, Games Workshop that, yeah. put out yeah. put out a a teaser video mm-hmm. um, that uh, essentially showed a space dwarf, mm-hmm. and everybody went ha ha ha! That's funny. April first. But there were also a lot of us who went, well, you know, I don't know. There was an awful lot of, you know, production value involved in that for it to just be an April 1st joke. Sure. And I'll go into the details of the backstory of all this. But back at the very beginning of Warhammer 40K, there were space dwarfs. They were called squats. Squats? Squats. Okay. Like squat
1: people. Yeah. Short squats. squat. Got yeah. it. It almost sounded like squads. So I oh, just wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah, no.
0: Okay. No, you could have but squads. But I guess you could deploy squads. them in squads, right? Yeah. You, you, yeah. yeah. Um. And so. And um, they had really
1: thick cable-like muscles in their legs, so squat yes. quads.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, they they yeah.
1: did actually, but yeah. yeah.
0: So, to but,
1: side, so you'd have a squad, quad, squat, squad, squad.
0: Nice. Thanks. If you hadn't tripped over your tongue, I know room, that would have been I great. Know. So. Right, but at, at the, the beginning. Yeah, there you go. At the beginning, yeah. of so you the say game. I
1: got caught doing squat cod squats,
0: quad squad, squad, squats, squad, squats. Oh,
1: they fish uh, yeah. off of like the the <laughs> Isle of My- <laughs> of White, so they're squat cod squats. Yeah, there you go, Scott, squad, squats, squad. Well, no, it's no cods, Isle of, Isle of
0: White isn't isn't Scotland. I'm so sorry, the Isle different.
1: of Lucy. I apologize. Okay,
0: and oh, nicely done. So there was a semi-human non-human race called squats at the beginning of the game Mm -hmm. and um everybody liked them not a whole lot of people played them Mm -hmm. like like they were they were like everything else in that generation of the game uh they were over the top and funny and and there was you know and there was there was kind of you know over the top you know kind of dark humor involved in all of it right and then the game went into its third edition and they disappeared and I'll and I'll go into the details of you know how, how that all developed later on. So but, then there
1: were not squats.
0: Yeah, they were not squats. Mm. And so they were
1: kicked out. They didn't have squatters' rights.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And and they were gone for close to 30 years. Wow. And uh, anybody who was a fan of the game for way back on message boards and on Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff, sure. we would joke anytime anybody like mentioned squats somebody would put up uh, Idris Elba from uh,
1: uh, all oh, the movies that he's been the, in.
0: Well, the giant, the, the giant robot film that I'm t- Pacific Rim. Oh, okay. uh, he, he has that moment where, you know, you, you have the, this shot of him from below and he says, reset the clock. Hmm. And, and we would make jokes about, okay, everybody, you know, re- reset the clock. Right. right. We've every gone time this you many days
1: it, without a squat joke.
0: Well, one, it was moved on this days, many no. days. Yeah. yeah, Now it's zero days without a squat joke. Also, the joke was every time you mention them, they're going to uh-huh. go back to day zero and it's going to be however long it's going to be before they bring them back. Right. So just don't talk about them. Don't say anything about them. And maybe right. they'll come back.
1: Because then you'll spot the squats. Yes. Yeah.
0: And so then on April 1st, we get this teaser video
2: mm-hmm.
0: and everybody's like, oh, ha Yeah, right. Whatever. And right. Some of us are like, I don't know. There was a lot of production value in that. Sure. And then on April second, they literally had the headline, "April first, what's that?" Nice. And and showed and showed a model, and like the Warhammer forty k, okay. like collectively lost its fucking mind. Yeah, because cause it was a
1: whole squat plot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So and and, you know, we we talked about it shortly after that happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, um, I kind of wonder, you know, what 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 can I tie this to in our current moment? You know, in history, what is it about what's going on right now that that is influencing the decision to bring them back? You know, what is it? What are they tugging on? You know, what what are they related right. to? Yeah, like, yeah. how does that
1: work? Paris Hilton's activism, clearly squat that's hot.
0: Nice, nice. Um. Uh, <laughs> But uh, oddly, I'm not even mad about that one. I don't know. <laughs> I, I should be. Like, I know that I should be filled with a righteous anger, but I, I can't be. Just let it run out of you like snot. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so what what I wound up drifting around to from that kind of initial idea
1: as though you were on a
0: yacht, as though I were on a yacht uh, was the actual idea of the dwarf archetype itself. Okay. And the development of it and, and kind of how we got to where we are with mm-hmm. the leagues of Votan, which is the name that they're now giving this race in the newest edition of the game. And so um, before I go any further, I want to mm-hmm. say a very, very big thank you uh, to friend of the show, Tessa, mm. because um she looked over my notes and was uh, kind of a sensitive, not kind of, she was a sensitivity reader for me Mm. because um, anytime we're talking about non-human races in speculative fiction of any kind, um, we we as people, we as human primates have this Mm -hmm. habit of um, applying applying tropes to other groups of people and having stereotypes about other groups of people that wind up then being ported into our depictions of non-human races in science fiction and fantasy fiction
1: in othering humans you then kind of associate other races with human
0: yeah with different human groups yes okay um, and you know, in the same way that uh, Tolkien's images of his first orcs were v- heavily related to cartoonish depictions of Austro-Hungarian soldiers during World War One, right? Which has its own anti-Asian, anti-kind mm-hmm. of you know all kinds of bad you know racist kind of kind of baggage attached to mm-hmm. it. Um, there is a level on which the dwarf archetype has become entwined with anti-Semitic stereotypes. Yeah. And uh, Professor Gabriel Cruz has talked about this on his TikTok channel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's part of, so part of what I'm going to wind up talking about is, is like kind of, kind of how, how that connection is. Sure. I don't. I don't. Well, well, you'll see where I go, but I, I wind up getting into getting into some history there that uh, Tessa was very helpful in helping me, you know, navigate as a Gentile how to talk about that without being an asshole. So okay. I want to say okay. again, very big thank you to friend of the show Tessa for that. And so to start talking about the history of the dwarf archetype, we've got to go back to Norse myth. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, because the 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 first time that we hear dwarves mentioned, Mm -hmm. the the roots of this fantasy archetype come from uh, Norse mythology. Okay, and in the various earliest, very earliest sources, various early anyway, very earliest sources, dwarves and elves both inhabit Svartalfheim. And the dividing line between them is really fuzzy. Sometimes there there are beings that are clearly either a dwarf or you know a dark elf, but mm-hmm. it's we're not really told. We just know they're from Svartalfheim.
1: It, it you know I I ask this um, is that because of the geography of where these myths originated, in some valleys odin and loki were brothers and in other valleys they were adopted father and adopted son in some valleys you had you know thor used an oven mitt and other valleys he didn't <laughs> um and and i remember this being true in in greek myth too like uh, oh, yeah. on some islands you know mercury is this crotchety old man on other islands he's you know he's fast as fuck and yeah. so like you, you certainly can um you, you get that geographic isolation. Yeah. And I know <laughs> I know this from a friend of mine whose parents were from Norway. Turns out they were first cousins and didn't know it um, because there was a lot of you're in one valley. Yeah. You might have a family member who goes over to another valley and you never see him again. Yeah. And so like that over time, you're going to have different. This is how we do things around here's.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and and there's, there's, is that flippy
1: floppiness possibly due to
0: some of that? It, well, it could be that because the, the source that we have for all of this is uh, the poetic Edda and the prose Edda, Mm -hmm. both of which were compiled Mm -hmm. uh, in the 13th century by, uh, I recall,
1: a German monk named Dawidus. It was Edda Gata Davidus.
0: Nice. Nice. And again, not even mad, although I should be.
1: Well, he was given. He was the first one to be given the Iron Butterfly uh, of the Germanic Order. Nice. The Holy Roman Empires. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Sure. Uh No, it was Snorri Sturluson. Oh, that was my third guest, an Icelandic poet. Yeah. Poet, historian, scald, kind of all of the above. Essentially, the Homer of the Cold Place. Uh kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Like a lot um, of shit gets
1: attributed to Snorri, if I recall correctly. Like well, like the, the, after the Edda, like uh, people are like, oh, and this was clearly influenced by Snorri doing blah blah blah. Oh
0: yeah, 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 and 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 um, yeah, and and there's there's this weird thing about both of the Eddas, where a significant portion of it is a compilation of clearly much older myths mm-hmm. that were coming from an oral tradition, and then there's parts of it that like he wants to be a historian. And so he's talking about the earliest kings of, you know, Denmark and Norway and everything. And, and.
1: Is he being a historian or is he being a chronicler? Because I see a lot of people do a lot of chronicling in addition to writing their poems.
0: That's a good point. Chronicler yeah. would probably be a better, probably yeah. be a better, better title. Which
1: there was money in chronicling too, because, hey, write down my family's lineage. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and a lot of the stuff is uh, clearly exaggerated in a, you know, legend of Roland or, right. you know, legends of Charlemagne later on kind of stuff, you know? Sure, sure. Um, and we're pretty sure that several of the people he talks about are at least semi-mythical. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, they're not gods in the story, but like, we don't think they actually historically existed.
1: Right, no one you know, could slaughter that many people in a single day. Their arm would just seize up from the.
0: Pain. Well, number one, and you know, <laughs> and, you know number two, um, you know, uh, I'm I'm looking at you, uh, Lothbrok. Uh, you know, goat breeches. Uh, don't don't think you were actually a dude,
2: like okay, you know,
0: Ragnar Ragnar Lothbrok. It may be made up completely out of whole cloth. We don't know, or at least out of goat cloth. <clears throat> well, yeah, goat hide. Yeah, yeah. so so anyway in these earliest myths
1: be cool if it was zombie hide get <laughs> Shit. okay
0: good day <laughs> you've you've crossed the line now good day good i day. think that's actually an icelandic thing though
1: like you can give your skin to your friends to wear necropants what I I think okay I, it could I, have been on another podcast I mean, and I, I didn't mean, know dark, that they were joking.
0: Nordic, Scandinavian Nordic, humor is yes, hard to Kennedy. understand. Yeah, well, you know, seasonal affective disorder is a thing, and you know, that's why their jokes are always so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so what we when when we do hear dwarfs very clearly identified as dwarfs, mm-hmm. uh, they are uh brewers of mead they are metal crafters they are reluctant givers of gifts and symbolically hmm. they're often guardians of doorways between worlds okay
2: so the doorway they're the doorway
0: liminal. between the mortal world and the underworld sure. you know the, the dream doorway, world and
1: the waking world
0: yeah those kinds of those kinds of portals are they're they're they often have that mythic role, some
1: sort of yeah, like sentinel type, yeah,
0: kind of thing. Yeah, let me let me
1: ask you this. Um, okay. and I know you've gotten like maybe three sentences into the whole thing, yeah,
0: it's, it's, uh, it's what but, we do, yeah, Go ahead. yeah.
1: Uh, dwarves existed, there were little people, little people existed in the world. The yeah. the Romans fucking had a word for it, um, yeah. a, a nanum, which I always got a kick out of Mork and Mindy as a result. Um but, but uh which is you know wita brevis et fiis est quam nonum Uh life is short and hard like a bodybuilding dwarf. Um, but, so the oh, Romans dear. the Romans had a word for it. little yeah. people have existed um in in all of society. It's a standard thing. it's a standard thing that happens, yeah. What? Why? Why are they put into this spot in this culture?
0: Well, here's the thing. Uh-huh. That's that's an interesting. It's an interesting point you bring up. Mm-hmm. The description that we have of dwarves in the earliest stories, like the Veluspa
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and other other early stories. I don't have the names of the individual stories out of the edit sure. in front of me right now. But in the earliest stories, they're frequently, but not always, described as looking like old men. Long, long beards, long hair, white kind of features. Sometimes they have a childlike appearance. Now, what you're talking about, about dwarfs as we know them in our, in our literature today being Mm -hmm. short. Little people, right. Much in the way that Irish fae turn into tiny people with bug wings after Christianization. Oh, okay. Dwarfs got short along the same timeline. Oh, wow. So because they were lesser mythological creatures, they were literally that lesser got by turned into yeah. shortness. Oh, okay?
1: wow. Okay.
0: Now, it is true that in some of the early stories we do have signs that some of them were mm-hmm. short. Right. Uh names of some Norse dwarves mention tall enough and mm. high. And okay. that's like right, ironically. Right. Uh so or being comparatively like, to a yeah, sense, or you know? yeah. And and so so being lesser supernatural beings mm-hmm. got kind of translated over time into being short, like right. universally across
1: Intermention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get oh to get dear. very Germanic about it. To get oh, very Germanic
1: about it. Well, and know. to head right, just careening right into the
0: straight. Yeah, straight into the anti-Semitism. Oh, hey, trolley problem much? <laughs> um, like, like you strapped yourself to the front of the vehicle, ran into a <laughs> wall there. Like, holy crap! Oh man. Uh, but yeah, in 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 a in a literal sense, because they're sure. also, um, they're also associated with the earth. They are consistently. Cave dwellers, down to earth yeah, underground uh they're frequently described as being lustful after goddesses one of them tries to coerce thor's daughter into marriage wait
1: gimli is like hella down for some galadriel hair
0: well yeah but it's not but, lustful
1: but i mean that's no, an echo
0: it's it's a bit of an echo yeah it's a bit of an echo and because tolkien is it's much more poetic i'm not saying yeah well one it's it's much more poetic it's much more romantic also because tolkien is so catholic it fucking hurts and i say this as a catholic sure um there's also a certain level of kind of a redemption story there yeah because he's
1: not he's not gold greedy
0: yeah he just wants yeah and and yeah i mean i can i can get into the whole story about the 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 meaning of right. uh, Gimli and and galadriel's hair and, right, and right the context of of middle earth history but it's in the that's not why we're hair. It's yeah. yeah um so uh although there are mentions of daughters of dwarfs mm-hmm. uh like some of the legends involve a hero trying to marry the daughter of a dwarf okay Actual female beings are never described as dwarfs in the Eddas. It was this girl was the dwarf's daughter.
1: And the Eddas mentioned a lot of women. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So they're okay. also consistently covetous, greedy, associated with gold. And because they're associated with gold, they're associated with greed for it. Uh, they're very jealous of their treasures.
1: Is that is the, the fact that they live underground tied to the gold as well? Because I mean you're mining yeah. for okay. So yeah. that's that's kind of durager.
0: Yeah. Nice, nice. And and I'm so far away from even talking about the durigar yet, but yes. <laughs> um, and so now these, these themes start out in, in Norse myth, and yeah. um dwarves are specifically described in the Veluspa. Mm-hmm. as arising at the beginning of the world when the the, the Titan Ymir died uh, dwarves e- uh, emerged as initially being the maggots that were chewing upon his corpse and tunneling through it, creating cave networks and thus being miners sure uh, the prose Edda has a different story getting back to what you talk about okay well you know over in this valley they say this over in this valley they say this other thing hmm but in both cases, dwarfs are mentioned as being there at the beginning of the world. Okay. Whereas in Norse myth, humanity came along later. Right. Um, and mortal men are all descended from Heimdall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, go Heimdall. Okay. Hey, yeah. But, you know. Um, hold on a sec. Sure.
1: So, di- were the humans the ones that came from? Uh, we didn't come from the the fingernails, right? That's, that's
0: no. a different. Okay, that's yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Those I want to say the fingernails. Shit, right? No, the fingernails were the pros at a talking about dwarves. Oh, okay. So I was okay. I think, yeah, you were kind of you you were you were in the you were in the right ballpark with that, right? So, so these these ideas are are what we get. This, this is basically the archetype as it sits when we're just looking at Norse myth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now the Norse myth uh, descended over time into Germanic legend. And in Germanic lore later on, dwarfs come to play a particularly important role in the Nibelungalid. The what? <laughs> uh, the the tale of the treasure of the Nibelungs. Nibelungalid okay um, which is part of the inspiration for the ring cycle by wagner
1: we're we're just anti-semitism is just going to be the guardrails to this show it's, isn't it it's, it's just going to be yeah. yeah 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 they're the bots dots of Kinda our show yeah, yeah. <laughs> dots i can't believe i didn't fucking say dots earlier god damn yeah it. well you know damn.
0: so so the nibelungs we're, mm-hmm. a, we're, a, we're a clan of dwarves or a tribe of dwarves mm-hmm. and their treasure is the source of the story's central drama Okay, in the Nibelungaleen. And the tropes mentioned previously are also there. The Nibelungs are greedy, lustful, okay. skilled crafters and oh, they appear God. as stunted figures with long beards but in the case of Albrecht, they're they're kind of mostly antagonistic but in the case of the dwarf alberic
2: mm-hmm.
0: after the protagonist defeats him alberic then follows and assists the hero kind of as his squire
1: this is all really uncomfortable <laughs> like, Yeah. well just, you
0: know. But, but hold but hold on hold on
1: because it's not gonna, like anti-semitism gonna... didn't exist in those places at that time
0: hold on okay yeah give yep. me sure hold on all right yeah, yeah. so now now moving forward Mm-hmm. from there still germany sure in Grimm's snow white the dwarfs are short men with long beards who work under the earth mm-hmm. the story was collected by the brothers Grimm in the early 19th century and the characterization of the dwarfs have been codified as recognizable to us today by this time this is right. our this is our archetype okay she
1: says the know. seven dwarfs and you're like yep know what those are
0: okay totally yeah. totally on board i know that yep the contemporary fairy tale Snow White and Rose Red mm-hmm. includes a dwarf who matches that archetype and who turns out to have been the source of a curse on a prince. Okay. Okay. And interestingly, Snow White and Rose Red involves a different Snow White.
1: Is that just a title? Like it's world's well. Greatest it's, dad? it's
0: a. It's kind of. Okay. Uh, remember that we we're dealing with a time period during which uh, fair skin was a sign that you didn't have to work outdoors, and so you had status, right? And it was it was considered a sign of beauty, and so a girl having the name Snow White was a way of codifying to your audience that this yeah. is pretty young maiden girl, right? Okay. Right? Right? Um. So to summarize, mm-hmm. the archetypes development to this point. Mm-hmm. Norse describes them as magical beings, sets the pattern for them being crafters tied to the element of earth. They're greedy and lustful, frequently antagonistic or only grudgingly helpful. Remember mm-hmm. it's dwarves who wind up making uh, the wig that Sif wears the golden, literally golden right. wig that Sif wears right. after Loki cuts her hair off. They're the ones who make uh Thor's hammer, mm-hmm. all that stuff, but they only do it because they're kind of coerced into doing it. Further. Sure. It's
1: it's almost like you you have that this is how you deal with these people. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Oof.
0: Evolved it evolved from their intramatic folklore into mm-hmm. short beings that were greedy, lustful, and alternately helpful or antagonistic. Okay. And they are heavily connected to the element of earth, mountains, caves, hidden places, which interestingly is also related to fairies in general. Right. Uh the folk under the hills. Right, being you know in british and irish folklore you know the the the, the fair folk you know i'm also kingdoms, thinking had kingdoms under the hills
1: i'm also thinking the cyclopses
0: yeah. i mean Cyclops, literally the yeah.
1: slaves to vulcan living yeah. under a hill making cheese uh but also helping him in his workshop yeah um like and and they were there at the beginning of the 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 shit too because they're like i think they're children of titans or something to that effect
0: well, they're lesser Titans.
1: Yeah, they're lesser Titans. So that's right. They're the lesser and instead
0: Titans. of instead of being sent down into Tartarus, they were allowed to, you know, stick around and be. Right. One floor labor. above, you know. Yeah. But. <laughs> hey, hey, it's a big difference. It, it really it's, is. Yeah. You know, hey.
1: Yeah. It's eye opening. Yeah. Um, You get nothing, <laughs> sir. I, you know, I, I got to say, I, I took kids up to Mount Etna back in yeah. the four times. Yeah. Uh huh cool, cool things about man. Uh, number one, um, it is not a single peak. It is a, it's, okay. it's a caldera. I mean, it, it yeah, yeah, clearly yeah. blew off at some point right and now. Now it's a lot of volcanic glass, uh, or volcanic rock. Um, they have one quarter of all of Sicily's honey is produced up
0: there. Really? Yeah. I and just, like 75% of their insurance agents.
1: Yeah, at least. Uh, okay. But no ducks, oddly. They have to import okay, them. Weird. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I made the kids who came up there with me. I said, okay, whatever else we do, you're going to sit up there with me for five minutes in total silence with your eyes closed. So we did. Five minutes with your eyes closed is a long fucking time. Yeah. Um. And but like it was really cool because you're at the tallest spot in the area and you're just listening and you're just mm-hmm. kind of communing, right? We were done. It was a gift that I'd given them. We we're done. I was like, "All right, how was that?" And they're like, "Wow." I'm like, "You know the best part?" They're like, "What?" I'm like, "You saw things the same way Polyphemus saw things."
0: You are such a
1: dick. <laughs> you are so bad. Hey, we were there with a bunch of kids from Connecticut, and my kids are like, "God damn it, Harmony! <laughs> if if there was a peak, we would throw you off it. Like, just oh, it's so good,
0: so good." <laughs> yeah uh, so uh,
1: yeah but anyway cyclops is yeah, also seem yeah. to so there seems to be a a stratus of of um mythological i, I don't know uh, uh, working working classness or something okay. where that that is occupied
0: the by, proletariat of the mythological classes.
1: Yeah, there seems to, right, right. They've either fallen to the proletariat or they are the proletariat and always have been the proletariat. But and they're grumpy as fuck.
0: But well, because why wouldn't you be? It's, sure, sure. Like, you know, um, come on.
1: yeah. But like, it seems to be like they exist. There's a there is a a working underclass. Um, yeah. In well, a lot I, of
0: I think... mythology. Well, I this this is one of the ways in which Joseph Campbell was not full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you try to take Campbell's idea of the monomyth and apply it too literally to non-western cultures, right, you get some wonky shit. like like modern scholarship has come around to understanding that, okay, yeah he's kind of right but not not he's like,
1: accidentally correct <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah yeah nice yeah. yeah um you know but but i do think i do think there is something to the idea
2: mm-hmm.
0: that on some Jungian subconscious kind of level yeah um there There's are these themes here. there there are these themes there is a it is a genuine archetype mm-hmm. um and whether it's dwarfs or Cyclopes or uh, certain kinds of fairies from right, you know, Celtic folklore. Right, the uh, elves of, that make the shoes, kind of shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a kind of set of set of tropes or set of traits that mm-hmm. that gravitate together. Yeah, and so yeah, I think I think there is something something to that, and and now mm-hmm. in the development of this trope, we now or this archetype, we now need to you know talk about uh, Johnny. Johnny, Ronald, Rule, Tolkien.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the the guy that uh, Debbie um shot up her entire school um oh. for. Yeah, no. Because uh, no. the homecoming queen's got a gun. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. She
1: did it for Johnny.
0: No. She did it for Johnny. Like, who's Johnny? Who's and, Johnny? And one Johnny. <laughs> Who the hell is Johnny? Yeah. Um, I don't think that
1: song aged well since we've had so many school really, shootings now. really, really like...
0: didn't. It really, really didn't. <laughs> It's a shame. Um, it it, it, it kind of is. So Tolkien mm-hmm. wrote The Hobbit in the 1930s. He published it first in 1937. Mm-hmm. And to kind of take a quick look at kind of what was going on in the world at the time, we're talking about the interwar period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the dissolution of the Russian and Ottoman empires. Depends on who you are.
1: I mean, the Chinese, would be like, there's no interwar here. Man. <laughs>
0: interwar? Inter what? <laughs> it's pal? been going on for four years. Inter the fuck what? Yeah, you know, um, but, yeah yes, but yes, yes, yeah. It's in European for, interwar period. Yeah, for, for Tolkien, it was mm-hmm. the interwar period. Yeah. Um, and so we have the dissolution of the Russian and Ottoman empires as a result of World War One. There is huge social upheaval. Um, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of concern attached to the restiveness of the working class because of the Russian Revolution. Uh, We see lots of unionization efforts. We see socialist and communist political movements gaining traction in the UK and Commonwealth countries in, in the United States, even, you know, and kind of
1: on the wane at this point, but they are by the the 30s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. By the 30s. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And the Russian revolution had established Leninism in the USSR Mm -hmm. uh, after the Russian civil war from 1917 to 1921. Right. Mandatory Palestine was established in 1920 under British control, Mm -hmm. and there were nascent nationalist movements amongst both Arabs and Jews in that region. There was a very significant uh, Arab revolt in Mandatory Palestine in 1936.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, the, The Spanish Civil War is going on. Yeah, where like leftists from all over the world are
0: like, no, (laughs) to try to stop Frank. uh, Yeah, Yeah. try to stop Franco. Yeah. Um, Edward III abdicated in 1936 to marry Wallace Simpson.
1: Oh yeah, didn't they go like super like pro Nazi?
0: Eventually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And she has retained a reputation that she had at the time as being a gold digging social climber. Yes, and. You know, it's very tempting from an American point of view to look at that and be like, well, you know, they were just pissed because she was an American and they have all their, you know, British noses in the air about, you know, social (laughs) class and all that shit. Well, and they lost a king to her. Yeah, well, and they lost a king to her. But then um, if you actually read correspondence and like the the accounts of people who knew the two of them. Right. Sometimes their reputation is earned. Yes.
1: Like it was clearly a calculated effort on her part
0: oh yeah or
1: at least she was like she was very conscious of it like it was not just uh but we're in love and i don't care what it's like (laughs) i'm gonna gonna get this bag and i'm gonna get this bag Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get this bag yeah
0: oh yeah uh the great depression Mm -hmm. left britain relatively unscathed because they were already fucked from the war (laughs) yeah because they were already pretty pretty (laughs) badly hit but but reading up on this, uh, mm-hmm. the, the TLDR version is there were pockets of serious and long-term unemployment
2: mm-hmm.
0: within the UK. But the standard of living in the UK overall actually improved because, because prices went down. Nice. Good for you. And, that. and they, they tightened up uh, and, and workers got wage protections and, and there was some backing and forthing on that. But the, mm. the standard of living in general actually went up
1: good for england i mean yeah. they they had been on the bottom of the world for so long up until that point
0: yeah like, i know they've just been just been so downtrodden time. yeah i mean they yeah. just
1: went from country to country to country trying to find <laughs> some sort of help <laughs> and, and
0: you know and all they found were monuments that they brought back you know they, right. they just you know it's and it's not like the world storage locker yeah like, i mean it's you not know, like how they rough brought would back... that have been
1: they didn't bring back commemorative plates. Those are guaranteed to go up in value, but these, these things, oh, I mean, oh, deep cut.
0: Deep yeah. Cut reference there. I like that. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know, they, they, they who's going to buy an obelisk now? I mean, yeah, that I mean, was, yeah, that no. was the NFT of, yeah. of England, you know? <laughs>
0: okay. You mentioned NFTs and I, and I have to, I have to mention this because I mean, it's okay. a tangent, but it, but you know, um, we're hella uh, dating the show now, even, even you, after
1: the we Mother's Day and the end we of the year yeah. dance. Yeah, we're yeah. NFTs. They're gonna be like, oh, this was exactly on these
0: days. <laughs> I don't know. It's been going on for a true, while now, but true. anyway, um, there was there was a uh, somebody on Twitter uh, had had retweeted some some bit of news about you know NFT NFT values falling, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they. And they showed a picture of tulip bulbs.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And they
0: and they wrote this post in you know oldie oldy English kind of spelling. Yeah, you know about hey, uh, you know if your magic coins are losing their value, uh, <laughs> I have I have a way to recoup your losses.
1: Oh, that's beautiful!
0: Oh yeah, no, it oh, was, I, I I nearly shot coffee out my nose. <laughs> it was just it was too good. <laughs>
1: Oh man, that is, ah, that's that, that makes me laugh. That's yeah. Funny.
0: So in the, in the middle of all of that going yeah. on, in the middle yeah. of that being what the world looked like from Tolkien's garden window, sure. Um, he wrote The Hobbit. And The Hobbit mm-hmm. tells the story of a group of dispossessed nobles and their king who mm-hmm. hire an outside contractor <laughs> to assist them in returning to and reclaiming their home. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of layering and coding going on here. Thorin and the dwarves all have pretty traditional Norse Germanic dwarf style names. Óin, Gloin, Fili, Kili. Oh yeah, my Thorin. daughter loves them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thorin, Boren, Dorin. Yeah. yeah. Ori, yeah. Bori. Yeah.
0: yeah. Snorri. Um and and so um and and many of those names are actually taken directly out of uh the prose Edda. Oh, okay. Like like he he just he looted the Eddas. Yeah.
1: From, well, if stuff. you are looking for good names, you go to the yeah.
0: pros. Yeah, by the way, nice. Thank you. Again, not even mad. <laughs> um and in fact the name Gandalf mm-hmm. is taken from the poetic Edda. Oh, it's, okay. it's the name it's the name of of a mythological figure, the wand elf Gandalf. Okay. So, um so their their names and you know a, <clears throat> a lot of the yeah, names and, and, and some of the like surface traits that, that we have associated with them are, are taken straight from Norse uh, mythology and, and the Norse folklore. Mm-hmm. That said, <clears throat> the dwarves in The Hobbit are were, were patterned after Tolkien's interpretations of diaspora, diaspora, sorry, I mispronounced that, Jewish communities in Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and give me a second here because I got to open this page up real fast. Um, So they're portrayed as occasionally comedic and bumbling, but largely as honorable, serious-minded, but gold-hungry, proud, and occasionally officious. Okay. Um, to, To quote from Wikipedia, Tolkien was now influenced by his own selective reading of medieval texts regarding the Jewish people and their history. The dwarves' characteristics of being dispossessed of their homeland in Erebor and living among other groups but retaining their own culture Oof. are derived from the medieval image of Jews. Yeah. Whilst according to the Tolkien scholar John D. Ratliff, their warlike nature stems from accounts in the Hebrew Bible.
1: Okay, yeah. A warrior culture that is now living amongst other other folk, usually in urban areas, and you mm-hmm. typically only see the men. Yeah. Because of how families are set up and how work is divided. And there's a strong uh, family lineage tied to it and Mm -hmm. diasporic. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Medieval views of Jews also saw them as having a propensity for making well crafted and beautiful things, a trait shared with Norse dwarves.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
0: remember, you know, uh, uh, far over Misty Mountains, cold. Uh, right. You know, the dragon's fire in Golden Wire, you know, all, all, everything they sing about, about all the beautiful things they made in their homeland is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's taken straight from there.
1: It's, it's um, yeah, jewelry making was, yeah. Uh,
0: the dwarf calendar invented for the Hobbit reflects the Jewish calendars Rosh Hashanah or the new year beginning in late autumn. Remember oh, wow. when the yep. thrush knocks on the last day hmm that's that's the last day of the dwarfish year wow. it's in late fall okay right um that they know this is interesting that they took bilbo out of his complacent existence has been seen as a metaphor for the impoverishment of western society without jews so his yeah. here's here's the thing tolkien Tolkien had a a great level of admiration and respect for mm-hmm. these people based on all of the reading he'd been doing as a medievalist and a linguist. So
1: he's fetishizing them, really, he's fetishizing. Yeah, them.
0: this okay. is this is this is positive stereotypes, but it's still stereotypes.
1: It's like the worst kind of philosemitism.
0: Yeah. Uh... Anti, well, or pro-Semitism. Well, semitic would be philly sem Anyway, well, yeah, no, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I, yeah. I think it's I think it should be a suffix rather than a prefix. But anyway,
1: because oh, anti is against, it, anti so. is a prefix, but philo,
0: yeah, but but philo is usually the opposite of phobia, which is a
1: yeah, but philic
0: need... as opposed to phobic
1: right but you can be um, hydro oh hydrophilic yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway so somatophilic.
0: yeah semetophilic yeah right. um so um and and so it's 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 still problematic mm-hmm. but it's it's well meaning problematic if that yeah yeah like you know,
1: it, it's this is the uh, the fetishization it's it's yeah you know people absolutely it strikes did you ever see that movie uh, i think it's called playing by hearts um and it's david duchovny and uh what's her name the gal with the really strong jowls um she was in everything in the late 90s dark 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 hair curly love interest in gross point blank
0: oh oh yeah um oh
1: starts with an m
0: yeah i know who you're talking about anyway uh, she was in it yeah
1: um, so David Duchovny, she's in it. David Alan Greer's in it. Carol O'Connor, Robert Loja. Um, oh, wow, yeah, it's, it's a great, great movie. Um, but what it is is they, uh, this guy's wife dies and she's an organ donor. So she gives her, you know, her, her heart is given to somebody else. Same town. Um, that somebody else is this, uh, restaurant owner's, um,
0: mini driver.
1: Mini driver started with an M.
0: Yeah. She was um, in everything in the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah
1: uh but uh and and good for her. uh but uh so she played the granddaughter of the guy who owned the restaurant she got a new heart okay. um and um so you've got all these old men who are all tied through their love of her mother who died a while ago and her grandmother who died a while ago so it's all these old men that take care of her and dote on her
0: okay. and again
1: it's like robert loja and uh and carol o'connor amongst others you know oh wow all right and so You know, eventually David Duchovny bumps into her. Something feels weird. They definitely have a connection. Turns out she's got his wife's heart. Um, And there's it's it's a really well done love story. I think if if not quite contrived. Um, But there's this scene where David David or David Alan Greer is is David Duchovny's best friend in the in the movie.
0: Okay,
1: he's black, and all these old men start talking to him about sammy davis jr they mean well uh, okay. they absolutely mean well and yeah. and they always talk about the brat pack by the way they're always comparing like okay who did it better bobby darren or so and so and who yeah, did okay. it better
0: yeah.
1: And, yeah, yeah yeah. and so sam and then you know and they're like and you gotta you gotta give respect to sammy davis jr oh yeah yeah definitely he only had one eye that's right pour one out for old one eye you know and so they're talking to David Allen but they're only talking to him about Sammy Davis jr. And he's just being very patient with these older white guys. <laughs> yeah. It, it has that same vibe.
0: Kind of a you little know? bit. Yeah. Um, and, and Tolkien tried to work through this and, and huh? Dr. Cruz friend of the show mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> has, has done a good job on, on his TikTok channel talking about kind of how, how Tolkien tried to tried to kind of work through this and tried mm-hmm. to kind of improve what he was doing with the dwarves um, in 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 those ways um, as time went on, uh-huh. um, but as a as a language nerd myself, uh, one of the things that that I f- I am still find fascinating and cool is that uh, he built the dwarvish language Kuzdul to be a Semitic language. It's influenced by Hebrew phonology.
1: I was just gonna say, with Kuzdul, you have the KSD. Uh, triple yeah. consonant
0: yeah kazad yeah is dwarves kuzdul is the language
1: okay yeah. uh
0: kuzdun like there are there are different variations right. on it and anything that is dwarf is kazada right i mean that, know, that's just, just a like a very an arabic. language yeah. yeah just just like in arabic and hebrew right that's, that's how that works
1: right right yeah. slm is some sort of piece. yeah yeah
0: yeah and so there are there are all of these parallels I... Of of all of these Jewish tropes or or anti-Semitic tropes that, that show up in in how the dwarves are constructed in Middle Earth. And again, mm-hmm. um you know, he he <laughs> he means well in, in my notes. I I just have sigh, oh John, <laughs> oh Johnny, my dude. <laughs> you know, um and I, I I think it it um he he deserves for it to be pointed out kind of at the same time that we're talking about this, um, that he had very pointed things to say mm-hmm. uh after the Hobbit got published, uh, about the anti-Jewish policies of the National Socialist Party. Um, I'm sure a number of our listeners are already familiar with this story, but uh his his book was going to be translated into German, published in Germany. Mm-hmm. And he received a request from the German publishing company uh, that uh, because of German law, since the book was going to be, they wanted to publish the book in Germany, according to national socialist law at the time, uh, his uh, pedigree as an Aryan uh, needed to be proven. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be talking about this. And, and so now I'm, I'm just going to read his response. Nice. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the whole letter because sure, I sure. think I I think it's a, a, a masterpiece. 25th July 1938, 20 Northmore Road, Oxford. Dear sirs, thank you for your letter. I regret that I am not clear as to what you intend by Arish. I am not of Aryan extraction, that is Indo-Iranian. As far as I am aware, none of my ancestors spoke Hindustani, Persian. Gypsy, which is an unfortunate use of the term, but, or any related dialects. But if I am to understand that you are inquiring whether I am of Jewish origin, I can only reply that I regret that I appear to have no ancestors of that gifted people. My great-great-grandfather came to England in the 18th century from Germany. The main part of my descent is therefore purely English, and I am an English subject, which should be sufficient. I have been accustomed nonetheless to regard my German name with pride, and continued to do so throughout the period of the late regrettable war in which i served in the english army i cannot however forbear to comment that if impertinent and irrelevant inquiries of this sort are to become the rule in matters of literature then the time is not far distant when a german name will no longer be a source of pride oof
1: yeah that's that's one hell of a shot like hold just, on yeah Hold on. Okay. Your
0: enquiry is doubtless made in order to comply with the laws of your own country, but that this should be held to apply to the subjects of another state would be improper, even if it had, as it has not, any bearing whatsoever on the merits of my work or its sustainability for publication, of which you appear to have satisfied yourselves without reference to my abstamong. I trust you will find this reply satisfactory and remain yours faithfully, J.R.R. R. Tolkien. <laughs> it's it's a joke that that uh my my best friend from college and i used to make uh whatever we were just like royally royally furious with somebody mm-hmm. we'd we'd you know riff to each other about the 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 letter we wanted to write or the email we wanted to write you know just like you shit stained son of a bitch squirrel sucking motherfucker <laughs> blada blah, blah blah. right yours in christ you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like cutting somebody off when you got the yeah. fish sticker on the back.
0: Yeah, you know, and, nice. and I, I I I get that vibe here. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Yes. Have a lovely day. Yes. Yours faithfully. You know. <laughs> yes. okay.
1: I would like to invite you to go and have sex with yourself. Yes. Because I feel that is something you can go and do.
2: <laughs>
1: Kindest
0: regards. Yes, pretty yeah. much. Um and and so. Um his depiction of dwarves as Jews, mm-hmm. again, is based on what appears to be genuine admiration for the Jewish people and their contributions to European society, but it is still a caricature. It's literally dehumanizing. Right. And it's something we need to be aware of. And, and parts of it, especially Thorin's gold madness, the greediness of the dwarves of Moria awakening the Balrog. Tie straight into negative stereotypes about Jews that we learned all about in our episodes on square dancing and Henry Ford. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't say thank you. <laughs> I wasn't um, talking to you. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Some people so, like
1: the work I do here,
0: Ed. Yeah, well, <laughs> much of the time I do too. But like, <laughs> those episodes were just one long
2: fuck maybe. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's Fuck true. Fuck you, really? You know, it was just <laughs> yes. so much.
2: Yeah, so much really... of that
0: same vibe through the it's whole. All the fortresses, all the goddamn fortresses. <laughs> I'm like, how do you think you're the good guy? Yeah, like, yeah. Fritz. Yeah, <laughs> only the baddies. Yes. Skulls, Fritz. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, I I I fell down a rabbit hole at this point. That's because okay.
1: The, That's where the dwarves occupy,
0: apparently. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Because because the question now occurred to me, mm-hmm. like, okay, so so Johnny Tolkien, can mm-hmm. I call you Johnny? Um, had 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 this this thing he did with mm-hmm. with the dwarves, and and whether subconsciously he kind of got the idea and then ran with it, or whatever, you know, the 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 you immediately like cued onto oh my god like anti-semitism is you know just going to be the guardrails here and the thing is what I kind of wanted to try to figure out was did Tolkien make this characterization up on his own or Mm -hmm. was there already a Jewish stereotype lying at the roots of the dwarf archetype to begin with like how how far far back does this go right was, was the question that animated me that led me to looking up the Jewish diaspora. Oh, cool! And we're we're gonna have to do some talking about some stuff there. Now, at this point, I think we're at a place, okay, where we might wanna wanna put a put a pin in it sure. right now. Sure, uh, and then pick up from this point because I think this is a good place to pause and take a breath.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: From what we have talked about so far, mm-hmm. what is your takeaway?
1: Um, that the British are really polite and that doesn't excuse them their anti-Semitism just because they're not as loud about it Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: it, it, it's because I think it's really obvious that there's a lot of anti-Semitism in trope or in, in British people's writings when you're dealing with fantastical uh beings. Mm-hmm. Uh for instance, uh the turf who shall not be named.
0: Oh, oh no, we're we're gonna get there. Okay, cool. We're we're that that yeah. has its own paragraph yes. cut out in my notes. We're yeah, yeah.
1: but yeah. like, and so this is not uh, a thing that was only Tolkien, and yeah. it is also not a thing that is only of the past. Yeah, Sad. I think it is a an inherent part of British art on some levels, is to be smudged with that anti-Semitism. It's almost like if you look at continental Europe's churches, you cannot separate them from anti-Semitism. I mean their stained glass windows still have blood libel scenes. yeah, still like yeah. that means somebody had to commission an artist to put together I used to make stained glass. that mm-hmm. shit ain't easy. no. Someone had to commission an artist to cut and then put together the scenes that told that lie. Like anti-Semitism has deep, deep roots, but British yeah. anti-Semitism seems to almost always get a pass because they're not continental Europe. They didn't do the Holocaust. Um, you know, it's it's um when you're outshone by the uh, the bigger genociders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know,
0: it's it's yeah. Well, in in the medieval period, uh, mm-hmm. the the English were no slouches. Uh, no, they weren't compared to anybody else. There were right. multiple horrible massacres, uh, and that even, took place.
1: even so, the English don't hold the record on massacring the shit out of people that they considered to be others. Yeah, even then, like yeah. their massacres. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, they starved thirty million people in India. Uh, They caused uh, a couple fucking famines. Uh, They starved thirty million at one point, and then another ten million uh, down the road. Um, And let's not get into like all the shit they did in Africa, uh, you know, and all that. So I'm I'm not fuck. I mean, they came up with concentration camps, yeah. You know, for the for the Boers. Um, All of that is true. The the British are absolutely the world's bad guy, Um, but they seem to get a pass because there was. A really, really specifically brutal uh, attack uh, spate of anti-Semitism.
0: Yeah, in a short I, I span think, of time. I think there's that, and I think there's also it the sucked fact the air out of the room. Yeah, it did. It yeah, well, it totally did. Yeah, um, and I think there's also the fact that the Brits managed to come out on top of both world wars. Yeah, and history is written by the victors. And that allows for a certain amount of painting the other guy
1: mm-hmm. as more brutal. Painting
0: yeah, painting things in such a way that the, the other guy is worse mm-hmm. than he might be other I mean in World War II it's hard to hard to make that argument, but you, you right. know. But right. but it's also uh, easy for you as the victor to you know take the vaseline and smear it over the over the lens when you're yeah. looking at your own side of the picture
1: well and i think the british you are know? especially good at that culturally oh yes 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 yeah. that's over here though now yeah. let's talk and it's like yeah. the british east indies company can we talk about you know no 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 we've got this other thing we need to talk oh, about yeah. now well
0: and and you know. and uh and there's also then the fact that they were the 800 pound gorilla yes around the world for multiple centuries and yeah. so that means an awful lot of the history that we read now went through english literally english not just into the english language but right, then right from the uk uh you know went through the hands of english historians to be translated from the ancient world yep into into modern english it went through you know, uh, all of the interpretation of uh, the monuments from other civilizations in all of the places that they conquered, Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. all of
0: that was written by English archaeologists and, you know, or I should say British because the Scots and Welsh were part of it.
1: And from that perspective, you know, and yeah, Yeah.
0: and 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 so that is an awful lot of wallpaper to slap up on the walls. And also for other people to then have to tear down in order to get a clearer picture of what's going on.
1: Well, and also um, all of that is true. And the British absolutely would still be the world's worst villains. Were it not for that really concentrated 12 years in the 1940s? Yes. You know? So like they just like, they got edged out by
0: (laughs) got edged out in the fourth quarter.
1: Right. And it's like, but and and in such a way that like mm, how to put this uh the the guy who has the record for assists in a game um yeah. is Scott Skiles i believe he's got okay. 30 assists in a game now that may have been broken since i don't i don't think it has though okay um nobody remembers him because he was on the same team as shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean Like So, I mean, the British, like you said, are no slouches. Um, And so British art is 100% going to reflect and um, I'm going to say promote because all art is propaganda, Um, but it's going to 100% reflect that worldview, whether it means to or not. And as we have proven time and again, uh,
0: intent does not mean anything.
1: Yeah, right. Especially when it comes to Tolkien, like he's the codifier of that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's in, it's in the, it's in the water. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. why whiskey tastes different in Kentucky than anywhere else. Cause there's lime in the water. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same kind of thing here. The anti-Semitism is part of British culture. And the only reason it's not more painfully obvious is because you had Hitler, uh, just a time yeah. zone away. So, so that's, that's, that's my takeaway. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: That that's a fair one.
1: So, uh, you reading anything?
0: Uh, well, I've been doing an awful lot of reading about uh, uh, population migrations and mm-hmm. uh, haplogroups and uh, oh, fuck. genetic us, genetic stuff.
1: Give us a couple books, then, man, because you also uh, well, read the Eddas. Well, I mean, it's, it's all and... been
0: it's yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I w- what I will recommend to everybody mm-hmm. uh, is uh, find a good translation of the poetic Edda. Okay. Um, now it has sadly um, gotten a bad rap uh, lately because uh, people have uh, appropriated it uh, right. and they have appropriated, you know, Norse mythology and, and that and that culture uh, in order to try to promote a uh, in, in order to promote fascism. I'm, I'm right. not even going to try to be, you know, roundabout about it. Uh, but in but in point of practical fact, um, the the Norse and the Vikings in particular amongst the Norse were uh, xenophilic rather than mm-hmm. xenophobic. Um, right. And um, in in some ways, uh, we're far more progressive culture than the fascists who want to appropriate them would would like to have you understand. Um, so I'm, I'm going to recommend uh, the I'm going I'm going to recommend the poetic edda. Uh, okay. The Prose Edda gets gets it's it it was actually compiled as a textbook. Um, uh-huh. So so and it reads <laughs> a special like one.
1: kind of person for that.
0: Yeah, it, it reads yeah. like one. So I'm going to recommend the, the find a find a good translation of the Prose Edda or Poetic Edda. Poetic Edda. And, okay. Uh, and give it give it a read um, because the stories are very powerful and very primal. Mm-hmm. And it was written literally written down. Uh, in a time when uh, Snorri Sturluson basically saw the ending of the pagan way of life, it was getting because ruined. Christianity Christianity had arrived in Iceland, and I just clued in on, on what you said a moment ago. You get nothing, so <laughs> um, but but the 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 Ragnarok of their culture was mm-hmm. was over the horizon and he saw it coming.
1: The Ragnarok of ages.
0: Indeed. Um mm-hmm. Unterglieben Glausengloben. <laughs> um, and so he 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 put in the effort to write these stories down and in a way it's it's a relic of that's a cool cultural defiance.
1: Yeah. That's a cool like you know? transitional moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Very powerful. Okay. One. So I so I strongly recommend if you can find a good copy of it, uh, take the time to read it because it's, right. it's it's powerful stuff. Cool. How about you?
1: I'm uh, I'm going to recommend I'm not reading this right now. I've read it a while ago. Uh, I'm going to recommend per our conversation, uh, Tulipomania, uh, the story of the world's <laughs> most coveted flower and the extraordinary passions. Christ, it's a long title and the extraordinary passions uh, it aroused by Mike Dash. It's a fun little read. It's if you are looking for like an entry point into the field of world history, mm-hmm. which is its own field. Like it's 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 really a fun read because it it does it involves a lot of the world. So mm-hmm. I I strongly recommend that for reading.
2: So, All right. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh,
1: where can people find you? Uh, follow you or uh, come see you?
0: Um, I can be found on TikTok as Mister Underscore Blaylock. I can be found on uh, Twitter as E.H. Blaylock. We collectively can be found online at geekhistorytime.com. And uh, our Twitter handle is geekhistorytime. Mm-hmm. And where can you be found, sir?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twinsta uh, with da Harmony um i don't really have any new content right now up on uh the tiktok so i'm not gonna bother plugging that but i will tell you this on the let's see by the time this drops the last friday of the month in june okay um we're having capital punishment down at luna's in sacramento ten dollars proof of vaccination please come i strongly recommend you wear a mask but i'm not gonna insist uh but you do need to have proof of vaccination at the door and ten dollars um they got real good nachos Uh, and we're doing capital punishment. And then we're going to take all of July off. And then we're going to come back for August 5th. Nice. So August 5th and uh, June, I want to say 24th. It's the final Friday. So come see us for that. Uh, You can also listen to us uh, both Ed and myself, the episodes by the time this drops, the episodes will have already dropped. Um, You can listen to us on uh, office hours with Dr. C. Uh, there's about three weeks worth of episodes, uh, with us talking there. Um, and it's, it's a lot, a lot of fun. So, uh, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you find that. And then you can find out what we are talking about. So those are places you can find me, find us. So for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.